the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Monday, November 27th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. Mr. Bill is here. David Dahl, my producer, is here. Miss Terry is here. Good to have all of the rest of you with us as well. I hope you had a great holiday. We can certainly talk about that. Frustrating times we live in. The annoyances and worse abound. I don't know if they abide. A terrorist organization, a United States Department-designated terrorist organization, United States State Department-designated terrorist organization called Hamas, takes over 200 innocents as hostage after an unprecedented terrorist attack that can only be called a slaughter. Among those killed and taken hostage, dozens of Americans. The American president dispatches two aircraft carrier groups to the Middle East, carriers that can unleash holy hell. And then the president pressures our ally, who was attacked by the terrorists, to cease fire and engage a prisoner hostage swap. That is, release a certain number of violent criminals and terrorists supportive of the Hamas terrorist group, stop firing on the terrorists' outposts and inposts in Gaza, and Hamas will release some of the civilians they took as hostages. Aside from hostage negotiations like this usually ending badly, for example, the leader of Hamas, Yahya Sinwar, was once held in Israeli prison and released in a hostage swap. The four tranches of hostages that have been released now, of all of them, one, one has been an American. One. Again, a terrorist mafia captures hundreds and kills even more in a brutally redolent and reminis- and in a brutality redolent and reminiscent of medieval times and tactics, including Americans. We respond by stationing aircraft carriers, pressure the victim to stop hunting down and killing the terrorists, plead for a hostage prisoner exchange, and one American comes out. The first two tranches included all the hostages from Thailand. A non-party to any of this, as if a thumb in the eye to Israel and America. As if, because it was. These are the inflationary wages and receipts of a weak presidency and a weak America. Does anyone truly think America and Americans would be led around on a leash like a trained and sedated circus animal if Donald Trump were president and had dispatched two Nimitz-class aircraft carriers Do you think Americans would still be held hostage? Do you think they would be taken hostage? Do you think Thailandians would be the first to be paradably released? Do you think Hamas would even attack Israel, kill and take American hostages were Trump president? He'd made his priorities pretty clear after all, didn't he? He didn't fund Hamas funders. He defunded them. He didn't 
treat Hamas funders as an equal. He killed its most violent leader. He didn't appease the Fatah wing of the Palestinians, the wing that rules the West Bank. And as Professor Kantorovich pointed out in today's Wall Street Journal, called the Hamas attack, quote, a source of pride, heroism and honor, close quote, he stopped. Trump stopped funding all that. Under weak and misprioritized foreign policy, America today lists. This is a frustration that abides. Frank Ferretti over at Spiked writes of the ongoing enemy in Great Britain with the resignation of one Suella Braverman, who up until two weeks ago was the Home Secretary of Great Britain. She delivered a speech there recently arguing that multicultural policies have fueled a fracturing of society into sometimes antagonistic identity groups. Quote, multiculturalism makes no demands of the incomer to integrate, she said. It has failed because it allowed people to come to our society and live parallel lives in it. She added that in some extreme cases, certain groups of people can pursue lives aimed at undermining the stability and threatening the security of a society. To our cultural and political elites, criticizing multiculturalism is now tantamount to heresy. Predictably, Braverman was swiftly denounced as a racist and her speech presented as a threat to migrant communities. One commentator went so far as to claim that Braverman's dangerous rhetoric put pupils from migrant backgrounds at risk in British schools. Ferretti points out the analogs here and how America's melting pot, in which different groups of migrants cohere around a common American way of life, proved remarkably successful over many decades. In fact, it was only when multiculturalism was institutionalized in the 1970s that the United States started to splinter into different, often competing identity groups, which have fueled today's disunity and polarization. In short, the fragmentation of many Western and especially European societies is not because they are multi-ethnic. It is because they have come to be dominated by the ideology of multiculturalism. Multiculturalists have consciously divided society into self-standing ethnic identity groups, and this has accentuated, cultivated, and inflamed differences between people. In this way, multiculturalism has undermined and impeded the development of a genuine sense of solidarity among citizens. It won't do, as Ferretti points out, to unite and compose a common culture around nullities, as Tony Blair tried to do when he recognized that his profoundly multicultural Britain was simultaneously fueling the rise of radical Islam. In response, he called for the promotion of national values. He said at the time that, quote, we are not being bold enough, consistent enough, thorough enough in fighting for the values we believe in, close quote. Yet it was far from clear that the values we believe in outlined by Blair carried any real conviction or meaning whatsoever. Typically, Blair avoided drawing on the legacy of Britain's past. Instead, his values consisted of lists of fashionable global causes, support for development in Africa, fair migration, tackling climate change, and creating inter international institutions, quote, fit for task, close quote. These were never going to unite a nation and resist the fracturing divisive tendencies unleashed by multiculturalism. They would invite they would unite the left, but not a nation. This is the problem that comes when, as George Orwell put it, we become ashamed of our own national identity. 
Yes, that is what believing in nothing leads to, especially when you start with yourself. It used to be different here, of course. I had occasion to press Jean de Crivacour's essay on what it means to be an American on young David over the weekend. This farmer who moved to colonial America from France wrote, quote, What attachment can a poor immigrant have for a country where he had nothing? The knowledge of the language, the love of few kindred as poor as himself were the only cords that tied him. His country is now that which gives him land, bread, protection, and consequence. Ubi panis ibi patria is the motto of immigrants. Where there is bread, there is my country. What then is the American, this new man, Crivacour asked? He is either a strange mixture of blood, which you will find in no other country. I could point out to you a man whose grandfather was an Englishman, whose wife was Dutch, whose son married a French woman, and whose present four sons have now four wives of different nations. He is an American who, leaving behind him all his ancient prejudices and manners, receives new ones for the new mode of life he has embraced, the new government he obeys, and the new rank he holds. He becomes an American by being received in the broad lap of our great alma mater. Here, individuals of all nations are melted into a new race of man whose labors and posterity and descendants will one day cause great changes in the world. Americans are the Western pilgrims who are carrying along with them that great mass of arts and sciences and vigor in industry which began long ago in the East. And they will finish the great circle here. Close quote. No longer. We don't don't naturalize or apotheosize or teach America here anymore. And so we just whittle away anything like pride and strength and put upon our backs once again a giant kick-me sign to the nations of the world as we promote an elected and glamorized self-proclaimed socialist elected leaders here. This was always a great worry from the moment we started losing off our founding generation with the sands of time. Abraham Lincoln could put it that our immigrants used to be taught and were proud to be taught they were the blood of the blood and the flesh of the flesh of the men who wrote the Declaration of Independence, and that it was our duty to unify our country by strumming those mystic chords of memory, stretching from every battlefield and patriot grave to every living heart and hearthstone all over this broad land, as he put it. We don't do that anymore. And this is a frustration that abides as well. The New York City Council just removed a statue of Thomas Jefferson this morning. It had been there for 100 years until this morning. And this frustrates as well. You cannot remove the organ and demand the function. To do so is to castrate the herd and bid the gildings be fruitful. This is the uh, Big Red song, isn't it? Big red chewing gum. Yeah, this That's is right. This is this is the same one. Oh my gosh! Did you have a good holiday, by the way? Mm-hmm. We, I had a very we chatted a little bit on relaxing on, holiday. Yeah, we, we chatted a little bit on ec, on on text. Um, I assume you have yet to re- redeem yourself by watching Groundhog Day. I must ask you. I did quite a bit of traveling. Yeah, um, and I at was night moving in between, and at places. night with your phone or computer or television, there was no access to. <laughs> movies of inspiration and redemption stories. You're right. I did see a movie of inspiration and redemption. Uh, what? Meet me in St. Louis. Ding, ding, ding goes 
the bell. That's right. I Good, love that Seth. song. You want yes. that? You want that song? I'll do it. That's not find, really a Christmas song, but it's just a song. Yeah, yeah. yeah find yeah. a good version of it. Find like ding, um, ding, it's not the. I don't know if the original is the best. Find a find a fun version. I of think that. Johnny Mercer wrote. No, that. we're not doing. No, I, see if Liza maybe has a good version of it, or mm-hmm. or someone even more modern. Someone maybe there's yeah. a good version of that. Um, I need you to also see the in-laws. You're a big the Peter in-laws. Falk. I love Peter Falk. I've seen every single episode of Columbo. But you haven't seen The In-Laws, which is his funniest movie with Alan Arkin, whose dad wrote a song that you are introducing into our bumper music. That's right. Last night I had the opportunity to watch Sonny and Cher's 1972 Christmas special. And while watching it, they had a great cover of Black and White yeah. by Three Dog Night. Well, not originally. It was sung by Pete Seeger at first. Oh, I thought that was a Three Dog Night song. Well, they made it very famous, but it was originally a Pete Seeger song written by Alan Arkin's dad about, what was it written about? Brown v. Board of Education. Yeah, it was about the Brown v. Board of Education. And you assumed that I had no understanding well, of the idea that you would case in American history. Well, the idea that you would start with Three Dog Night, which boldlerized the li- original lyrics, tells me that you didn't. Who, what does I? They boldlerized the original lyrics. <laughs> and what does that mean? Well, if only there was a way to expand our vocabulary yes, like when we didn't hear words that that we knew. Should we wake up people's fingers and give them something nice for the holiday season? Yes, let's do that. I need to get the, the fanfare and the drums. and Get into the holiday spirit with Pratt Brothers Christmas at Rawhide. From the winners of America's Great Christmas Light Fight on ABC, the Pratt Brothers bring you the biggest Christmas celebration in Arizona, featuring over 6 million lights, a massive gingerbread house light show, nightly Christmas parades, magical train rides, a pro stunt show in the theater, Christmas characters, live entertainment, and so much more. We are giving away family four-packs of general admission tickets for this Sunday, December 3rd, or next Wednesday, December 6th, for our callers. Now, I want to emphasize that you might want to especially consider the Wednesday, September 6th one, just because I think the Sunday one will be much more crowded. So the first person to call us at 602-508-0960 will get a four-pack family set of tickets, a family four-pack of general admission tickets to the Pratt Light Show at Rawhide. You didn't grow up with Rawhide, David, but many of us who did, oh gosh, yeah, they're calling. Whoever the first caller is that you get, but we'll be giving these away. So if you didn't win today, you can win in subsequent days. Just make sure to listen in. We have a lot to give away here. It's fun. And uh, yes, uh, the Pratt family has uh, a long... um, Long, uh, long Arizona tradition in broadcasting as well. Um, yeah. Okay. What did I? What? Did, oh, yes. This is fantastic. This just came across my transom. I must share it with you. What was it that uh, Orwell put it? How did Orwell put it? Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Your Secretary of Education, can you guys name the Secretary of Education? You should be able to. It should be a pretty strong 
bully pulpit. Your secretary of education is a man named Miguel Cardona. Miguel Cardona. And uh, he was speaking earlier this month to a policy gathering. And I want you to listen to what he said. This is your U.S. Secretary of Education talking about the benefits of government service. You know, we're going to set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, As uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, There's. Do we need to do that again? Let me do this again. Bill, I want to make sure you catch this. You know, we're going to set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, as uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, there's So he's invoking Reagan, <laughs> justifying help from the government. That's not the quote. <laughs> Bill is going... Bill is looking like Coco over here. The quote is, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Not (laughs) the whole quote is entirely changed when you add the sentence right before it. Now, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. It's like I, <laughs> I can't <laughs> give up the ship rather than don't give up the ship. You know? <laughs> now, the question then becomes the question then becomes do you think a speechwriter gave that to him? Or do you think his knowledge of Reagan is so poor that he did that by accident? Or do you think he did it deliberately? I don't know. It's, it's, he's not speaking from a script it doesn't look like. So I think we can rule out the speechwriters unless one of them errantly put that in a previous speech that he used or didn't use or wasn't caught on mic using. Let's just assume, though, for a moment it was given to him by a speechwriter. Does he know that little about the Reagan presidency? Never mind philosophy, just the Reagan presidency. Reagan said that often, including in his first inaugural. Does he know so little about the Reagan presidency that he would think that that was a justifiable quote to invoke from Ronald Reagan? This is our leadership. This is it. This is what we're dealing with. I don't know if they're sending us their best or if they're not. I just don't know. It would be like quoting Donald Trump saying about illegal immigrants. They're sending us their best. Welcome, welcome oh, back wow. to the Seth Leapson show uh, to help us substantially as he helps everyone substantially is John Dombrowski with our culture and economy update. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. John, I hope you had a great holiday. Welcome back to the show. I'm sorry that we're having music problems, <laughs> but I have, as we've discussed, a very recalcitrant producer. Wow, that was that was uh, pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I guess it was good for, for maybe the, the holiday weekend, the shopping weekend. Uh, yeah, it was, right? Uh, it e-commerce was. stocks. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Black Friday is what we had uh, this past week and today's Cyber Monday, of yes. course. And then we'll uh, have some something re- tomorrow, no doubt. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But some some bre- record-breaking numbers, too. But it's interesting when you think about the history of, of Black Friday. I guess a New York publication that says, I'm, I'm kind of reading on something here, in 1951 uh-huh. called the day after Thanksgiving Black Friday because workers weren't showing up to factories uh-huh. because they were out shopping. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, at some point, the pol- uh, Philadelphia police officers named it Black Friday because of the traffic jams that were caused by the shoppers. Uh-huh. So uh, it's been going on for well over 50 years at this point. And, uh, yeah, we've seen some record numbers here uh, reaching about uh, $9.8 billion uh, in the U.S., up from uh, up about 7.5% from last year, which uh, you think about the economy and people are, you know, struggling out there. But yet they're they're buying things, and uh, it's it's proving to you know show that a lot of these companies are very uh, uh, smart in the way they're um, advertising this with the buy now pay later type of of purchase that you can do right on the websites. So they're setting this up to where you could make it in payments. Uh, you could use your credit card, of course. Uh, but there a lot of these companies are holding the paper on this for short periods of time, which is making it a lot easier for people to. Uh, to buy things, and you're seeing the activity up over last year. Interesting. There was a um, old phrase you don't hear it anymore. People used to use when they would buy an appliance or something. They would say they would buy it on time, mm-hmm. which meant overtime, not right. Not that they would buy it just in time, but they would buy right. it on time. It's an old Southernism, but I remember my grandmother used to use it. Um, mm. Yeah, but there time. is a, there is a cautionary tale here. I was I was noting. About a quarter of Americans, about 25% of Americans are still paying off holiday debt from last year. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> so we, are, we, are, we do have to worry about stacking this up a bit. Yeah, and we've talked about the yeah. you know the the uh, consumer debt that's been increasing over time here. So it, it is certainly something that is uh, it's questionable uh, how this is all going to turn yeah. out. Uh, <laughs> but right. but people are still yeah. still buying at record numbers here, and uh, some of the stocks, Etsy, Wayfair, Amazon, Shopify, all uh, up this uh, day of trading, even though the markets were just down slightly. And shares of Shopify actually uh, up almost 5% in afternoon trading today. So it is kind of interesting to see the reaction of some of these retail stocks because consumer discretionary stocks over the past uh, few months have really not done very well. But uh, we're starting to see, obviously, with the uh, holiday season approaching that uh, maybe things will get better towards the end of the year. Yeah, and I think people, you know, they're just tired of being down and they're they're ready for some joy, whether to give it or receive it or just engage in mm-hmm. it, you know? I think I think there's a lot of that. Um, it, it, I it, sure it, hope it, so. It's like going out to restaurants right after the shutdowns let up, you know? Yeah, people, people, yeah, people are, are kind out of feeling force. that right about now, don't you think? Especially yeah, with the letting... inflation reduction and that sort of thing. Yeah, horses are out of the stable. The horses uh, (laughs) are out of the stable. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Now, do tell, uh, what did you do uh, with your family? Were you guys up in uh, Snowville? You know, we were up in Prescott, but there was no snow. But it was chilly. It was chilly, but no snow. Uh, The store up there was uh, rocking and rolling. I love that store. Tell the audience about it. Yep. Uh, Liberty Lane, up right on the Prescott Square up there. You've got to check it out for all of your uh, Christmas... uh, 
decor. It's uh, really an amazing story. It is. An ama- there is nothing yeah. like it. Liberty Lane She's, in Prescott. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Say hi to the Domorowskis when you're there. Well, thank you, you John. Bet. All right. You'll get Again, us through I- the next few days of all this stuff, I hope. Yes. And, and if folks want to get in touch with me, schedule an appointment to sit down and talk about what you're doing to plan for your financial future, uh, give us a call. Go to our website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Securities and advisory services offered to Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Henry Sipic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thanks, Seth. You didn't lose a beat. Thank you, John. Nope. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Mr. Bill, uh, Ramesh Panuru got a few more in uh, of the, of the uh, Cardona um, bowdlerization of Ronald Reagan. That's our word. Have you looked it up? Bowdlerize? To bowdlerize? No, I blow English. B-O-W, bow, D-L-E-R, bowdlerize, I-Z-E. Um, Barry Goldwater said the pursuit of justice is no virtue. Um... William Jennings Bryan told us to crucify mankind upon a cross of gold. And who can forget David Farragut, David Farragut's great anti-war cry, damn the torpedoes. <laughs> yeah. This is good. Yeah, stuff. yeah. This is uh, your Miguel Cardona, Education of Secretary, bowdlerizing Ronald Reagan. Do you, um, speaking of um, original intent... Do we need to talk about what we're planning to do here choreographically with regard to um, holiday music, Young David? Choreographically, I think we need to discuss the previous holiday before we discuss the future holiday. Are we not done In with In addition to our commercial enterprises, henceforth. You saw your grandma. All yes, was I good. Did. I you... saw my grandmother. She's in a much better condition yeah. than we thought she was good. going to be. And so, yeah, you know, it's never a recovery, but there are there is with that age group uh, plateauing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do some of the cooking, by the way? No, I got in Thursday morning, so I had to. I mean, I, I just didn't even have. A Was it up chance. to your standards? Oh yeah. Did you ever hear oh, yeah. Adam Carolla's? Did you see tape? the pictures that I sent you? Adam Carolla's tape of the woman who punished her daughter for messing around with the macaroni and cheese by trying to make it interesting by adding things to it, and she has he plays it every Thanksgiving. She just screams. I mean, she just lets loose on the daughter, uh, sends her away, because as Adam puts it, if there's any food that doesn't need fixing, it's macaroni and cheese. If there's any food this side of not needing editing or embellishing, it's macaroni and cheese. And people like to mess around with traditional dishes. Yours looked pretty traditional. I had the turkey. We had the. Oh, here's a good question. It looked good. You saw the picture. What yeah. would you call the thing that was on the right side of my plate? I don't remember. It was south of the carrots and do. I don't remember. We were going to start an enterprise. Based I, we on can't this. talk about it. Can't talk about no. this enterprise. No. Well, what would you call that? We can't talk about what it because it's taken on a serious turn. Okay. And we need to trademark okay. it before someone steals it. the idea. We need to trademark our food. Are enterprise. you going to tell them about our Christmas music? Usually we start giving Christmas music around then. You're assembling some. I... I'm assembling Christmas music. We'll try to have a hard start of December 1st, which is this Friday. That'll yeah. give us some time to accept listener suggestions. No. And, no. Uh, Are you new here? I'm not new here. I, I'm no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gosh, David, I gave you what we need. Folks. No need to improvise. It's a standard of quality. We're not turning over the controls. I I am questioning his Americanism right now. My goodness. 21 sex offenders 
caught at the border. Avoid the question. 21 sex offenders busted in one Texas border sector. The Del Rio sector, Border Patrol agents. I may be going down to the border this Thursday, by the way. Um, a friend of it'll, – it'll be super early in the morning. A friend of mine um, sent me some video and um, from a place in the border. I've been to the border a few times. I haven't been to this area. And um, it was all these people, I mean throngs of people that clearly are from Africa – throngs of them here by dint of the cartels they either paid or someone paid for them to come in i didn't know we had this this going on here i mean i knew i've seen it i didn't i haven't usually seen that ethnicity before not that any of it really matters a border's a border or it's not but it looked so different than anything I've ever seen. A few of us are going to try and muster up a 5 a.m. trek down to the border. You want to go with us, young David? It's wheels up at 5 a.m. Ah! That means, you know what that means? That means I wake up Dagny even three, earlier than she two. normally wakes me up. Do I sleep that night? Probably That's not. That's the question, because I go to late night dancing on Wednesday nights. Probably not. You probably have to cancel the dancing. Yeah, Maybe. Del Rio Sector Acting Chief Patrol Agent Juan Bernal posted the mugshots of 21 criminal aliens arrested with histories of sex-related convictions. The sex offenders were arrested after illegally crossing the border between the ports of entry. All migrants arrested undergo a biometric background check designed to stop these types of criminals from re-entering the United States. Um, Of course, thank God they were arrested. Why do they think they can come here in the first place? And how many weren't arrested is the question no one can answer. We don't have metrics to measure that sort of thing until, guess what, after the fact, after they recommit a crime, after they commit another of those crimes here. It's not a small number, by the way. It's, it's, it's not a small number at all. Every once in a while, there's a reason to look at who's in our penitentiary system here in Arizona, who's incarcerated here. They do a nice uh, – the Department of Corrections does a nice, very handy correction, corrections at a glance every month of who's incarcerated. First of all, interesting, when I started looking at these numbers, by the way, I don't know, eight, nine – maybe not quite that long ago, five, six, seven years ago, we had about 45,000 incarcerates. We're down to 25,000 now. But guess what? Hundreds of them, hundreds of them are criminal aliens. Hundreds of them. For sex offenders, we are currently holding 336 in our penitentiary here in Arizona, penitentiaries here in Arizona. 336 who are criminal aliens, sex offenders. Think about that. That means that while there are gotaways, we ultimately may catch them. We ultimately may catch them when they recommit their offense. There's something awfully crippling to a society that doesn't take 
its criminal law and criminal justice issues seriously. We were talking about the abuse of innocence earlier. That is an abuse of the innocence as well. William Buckley put it that the protection of the individual against the criminal is the first and highest function of government. The failure of government to provide protection is nothing less than the failure of government. Seems to me there have been an awful lot of failures of government, and none as awful as that. I'll give you some other crime statistics you may not have known about when we come right back. We have to come right back, don't we, David? Yes, we will be right back. Portions of this show are brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. They are good friends. They are great corporate citizens. They have a heck of an investment, a secure investment where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return. The investment is not tied or correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. It's got a lot of flexibility. It's a secure collateralized portfolio, but you get a monthly statement with no surprises, with peace of mind as there is no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, there are absolutely no fees. You're in control. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. Why Refi is headquartered here locally. Their offices are on Chauncey Lane in Phoenix. You can visit with them. I've been there any number of times. And you won't get a sales pitch, and no one will ask you to sign a thing. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest. The letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24. 888-YREFI-24. I was talking about crime and the statistics um, of crime. In D.C., our nation's capital, you would think, you know, the nation's capital, you would think any capital would would be the center of from which good things flow. It is not true of a lot of capitals, including our nation's. Homicides are up 33% this year, a third. Robberies are up 67%, two-thirds. Motor vehicle theft has jumped almost 100%. It's in our district's capital. And it's not as if this is a partisan thing. A Secret Service agent opened fire on would-be car thieves who tried to break into an unmarked SUV in Georgetown neighborhood of D.C. Turns out the agents were assigned to one of President Joe Biden's granddaughters. Representative Henry Cuellar of Texas, a Democrat, was carjacked at gunpoint last month in the Navy Yard area of Capitol Hill. Jason Williams, a Soros-backed DA in Orleans, Paris, Louisiana, and his mother were carjacked by thieves pointing rifles at them. In September, Minnesota Democratic Farm Labor Party official Shivanti Sathanadan, who just three years earlier declared we're going to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department, say it with me, suffered a broken leg, lacerations, cuts, and bruises from carjackers who beat her in front of her two young children. Angie Craig, representative, Democrat, Minnesota, was assaulted in the elevator of her Washington, D.C. residence by a 26-year-old man. One of Craig's former staffers was hip D in the defund movement. Crime. It's got to be an issue in this campaign because it's an issue for most Americans, whether it's something the Democrats are trying to cover up or not. We'll be right back. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.